0: Welcome everyone to another episode of The Mission Daily, your number one source for accelerated learning. I'm Chad Grill, CEO of The Mission. I'm joined by Ian Faison, our chief content officer here. What's up, man?
1: You know, I am excited for another episode of The Mission Daily and to look into your lovely eyes. Thank you. And for those of you who can't see, Ian is sitting across the table from me, so
0: yep, just got weird.
1: Producer Max in the studio to the right. In the house. And today, as every episode of The Mission Daily... We're going to deep dive into an important topic and then show you ways to apply it in your own life. So, today we're talking about the first principle of accelerated learning, which is direct experience. We're going to go into what direct experience is, why it matters, and how it's the most important credential or type of experience you can have, and a few examples of how to unlock it or improve your life. If you're brave enough, if you dare, basically. So, yeah,
0: direct experience is not for the faint of heart and we'll tell you why. So this episode is all about direct experience and an inspirer of direct experiences, hopefully the mission, but also one of our sponsors, which is Audible. They're the exclusive sponsor of the mission daily. You can get a free audiobook when you go to audible.com slash the mission or text the mission to 500-500.
1: I love it. Chad, let's get into it. What is direct experience? It's experiencing things without the
0: lens of technology, no filters, no feedback, no family, no friends, just you by yourself, no technological lenses. And it happens when you get away from everything else. Basically, you encounter nature, a good book, media, a person you meet on the street alone. And you're not told what to think. It's just you
1: and your thoughts. So does this mean like venturing out alone into doing new things or like, what's the difference between like direct and on your phone?
0: It could I mean it could be that uh, basically a direct experience is the idea that you are much more prone to notice things and remember and have new thoughts new insights new experiences when you don 't have any uh, when you have a minimal amount of influences let's let 's call it that way because there are there 's always going to be some amount of inputs and outside uh, pressures and you know things competing for your attention, and the idea of direct experience is that you pursue a place where there are fewer and fewer outside inputs and basically just by yourself.
1: So when was the first time that you learned about direct experience and kind of like this concept as it relates to accelerated learning?
0: So this might be a phrase that's familiar to some people. It might be a phrase that some people are just hearing for the first time. I know the first time I encountered it was reading a book called Travels, which is written by a famous author that most people know for his fiction, Michael Crichton. And this is his autobiography, which he chillingly wrote when he was like, I think, 38, I want to say. So not many people write an autobiography when they're that young. And Crichton is also a guy that, that died young. And for some reason, he didn't really explain it in there. He just wanted to write an autobiography. So he did. And one of the things that he just went on and on in this book about was direct experience. And Crichton was definitely a G selling, you know, 200 million books in his lifetime, if not more. Number one movies, TV series, everything like that. And what he did was just present this phrase without explaining it fully. And I think that is kind of like a genius level tactic where you don't fully explain something, but you leave it up to the reader to investigate and study it and go deeper in it.
1: So when we had kind of talked about the idea of direct experience and like how practical it is now, like what would be examples of kind of like betraying this? Would it be like, I want to go on a trip and I'm going to ask every single person, one of my friends, what, you know, have you ever been to Portland? And then going on Yelp and reading all the reviews about different places that you're going to go. Or would that be like betraying yeah. it? Yeah, definitely.
0: And, uh, I mean, you could look at it as betraying it. You could look at it as like, you know, sometimes you get more direct experience, sometimes you get less. Um, but definitely not, not something to be, uh, You know, you don't want to I don't think that being dogmatic about it helps, but just starting to think about it and just starting to be a little bit more conscious of what forces, what uh, efforts or groups or, you know, influences are impacting your decision making. And because, you know, in our modern world that's increasingly connected, there are so many different people vying for your attention. And it's really, really hard to carve out any time to just go out uh, without a specific purpose to different areas. Uh, That's viewed in a lot of circles as being lazy, as careless, things like that. Um, But perhaps that's the, you know, that's where the real action is. That's where the adventure
1: starts. So what are some other like examples of that? I mean, do you have kind of different, you know, people or things in history that uh, have kind of like used this theory?
0: So the, the kind of thing that really inspired Crichton is that he noticed that when he Traveled without a specific agenda when he stopped having a purpose for everything he did. And purpose is—it's easy to you know think of as always being a good thing, uh, but sometimes uh, letting our impulses and our intuitions you know guide us a little bit is something that's pretty yeah. You know, it might be vital to your life, to a new discovery, um, to just getting some time alone with your thoughts. So it could be travels, it could be uh, just wandering for a little bit. Um, it could be not having like a week of anything to do, not planning vacation, not doing anything, uh, but just following your, your interests.
1: What about you had talked a little bit to, uh, to producer Max earlier about the idea of like, instead of asking or finding directions, (laughs) like going on Google maps, just like walking out in the world and just asking directions to a place and see where it takes you.
0: Okay. So this, this is great. So Just imagine that there is, uh, we're talking about a place called Almer Falls, like gorgeous waterfall and everything. But imagine that you, you know, get onto Google Maps or look it up on Yelp or ask somebody if it's good. Like right there, we're already talking about three different uh, huge institutions. And I guess in the case of a friend, it's not. But you get the idea that are already weighing in and influencing you on what you think about it. So your experience of the falls has already been you know, drastically shaped in a way that, you know, it, are you going to experience it with fresh eyes or are you going to get there already knowing what to expect with preconceived notions?
1: And yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I think that a huge part of this, like in my life or in in those around me is just that it's so hard to escape the opinions. Like you go to see a movie yeah. and you're checking Rotten Tomatoes. You're going to like whatever, like whatever kind of societal event. When something happens, you can go onto Twitter and immediately see what the world thinks about things. Yeah. So I think that right now we're being trained a lot of times to just see what the consensus is. I mean, the idea of a mo- movie critic in and of itself is. Is pretty ridiculous. But the idea of a tastemaker is like, hey, this stuff is pretty good. You should check it out and kind of form your own opinions.
0: Definitely. And another idea I think that's fun to challenge is the idea that more reviews of something is better. And that's something that is like maybe taboo to question for some people. A lot of people look for the volume of reviews when analyzing a purchase decision or something like that. And eventually you're just going to get to a place where uh, you're going to get what the majority of people think. And uh, you, you're not a statistic. And treating your decisions and your purchases uh, and your products like you know you are the same as everybody else, it might be a mistake. Maybe it's a good idea for some things. Maybe for other things, it's a bad idea. Um, but there, there's a great quote uh, from Travels that was kind of, like, I think, the first place where I encountered the idea to just really start thinking about it more. Uh, is it okay if I,
1: yeah, if I dude, go, go ahead. read it
0: uh, to everyone here? So this is Crichton commenting on Obviously, the book's called Travels, but this is where direct experience first comes up. Often, I feel I go to some distant region of the world to be reminded of who I really am. There's no mystery about why this should be so. Stripped of your ordinary surroundings, your friends, your daily routines, your refrigerator full of food, your closet full of your clothes, with all of that taken away, you're forced into direct experience. Such experience inevitably makes you aware of who it is that is having that experience. That's not always comfortable, but it is always invigorating. I eventually realized that direct experience is the most valuable experience I can have. Western man is so surrounded by ideas bombarded with opinions, concepts, and information structures of all sorts that it becomes difficult to experience anything without the intervening filter of these structures. And the natural world, our traditional source of direct insights is rapidly disappearing. Modern city dwellers cannot even see the stars at night. This humbling reminder of man's place in the greater scheme of things, which human beings formerly saw once every 24 hours, is denied to them. It's no wonder that people lose their bearings, that they lose track of who they really are and what their lives are really about. So travel has helped me to have direct experience and to know more about myself.
1: It's just crazy how unintentional he is about everything. Yep. Like, And this is the guy who created you know, Westworld and Jurassic Park and all these things about actual places where you could go and experience things directly. Yeah, directly. (laughs) And it's, it's amazing that, you know, he kind of left that blueprint. What do you think kind of he would say now about the rise of all of the social media stuff with, and and how direct experience is probably getting more and more uh, digitized or lost?
0: I think that he would uh, say that it was a generally just a complete joke that was much, much closer to extinction than Wall Street or uh, the people who are living and spending a lot of time on social media might might think. So he was famous for, he's directing, he's writing all these movies. He was famous for saying that he thought movies were a dying art form that had already like outlived their usefulness a long time ago. And that basically something like extended TV series, you know, like we see Westworld today, uh, was, we're going to replace, uh, movies. He was calling that way, way before it ever happened. I think like back in the early seventies, he was uh, making that call. So I think that he would uh, look at social media as a very transitionary phase where it's, uh, the internet's brand new and we're still figuring out what we want to use it for. Uh, and it's just a a bump in the road towards
1: far greater things. But when we, it's like when we we were talking in the first episode about accelerated learning, Nobody is walking around going, hey, honey, I got to plan an extra hour in my weekend because uh, I, I got to really just get on Facebook. And like <laughs> like nobody's, nobody's doing that. And the reason why is because like we as human beings seek direct experience. This is what we want. Like this is what makes us feel good and it's what allows us to learn. And this kind of goes back to the idea of accelerated learning. Like this is one of the... You know principles of accelerated learning. For that reason, it's like you learn way faster when you are out there in the world actually doing it. It's when you're forced to think.
0: It's not. It's very uh, thoughtless to be guided by of you know all these information structures, and they ease decision making. So if you're using the maps function on the app, what you're not doing is thinking about directions. Like but where dude, the sun's how, at. Yeah.
1: How much uh, that that how, how much does that happen to you? Right. You, I, I have been you a know, lot. It, it took me when I was first driving to the missions headquarters. <laughs> I, probably, I probably use you know I always throw it into into maps to check traffic, right? Sure, but yeah. after twenty five times, I still didn't actually know the streets because you just follow the map. That's, it, that's a great point. And yet, so I was like, I should probably just figure out how to how to get there. And granted, you know, a lot of times Google Maps or, or whatever is faster, but. The idea that I couldn't get somewhere that I'd have been 50 times makes my dad cringe. It's
0: uh, same here. And there's a great one of the greatest economists in the world is actually right down the road here at Stanford. And he has a famous line that I hated when I first encountered it when I was younger, uh, that there are trade offs for everything, no matter what. And it's one of the things where, you know, we're hardwired to seek free lunch type situations where things are like all good, you know, have our cake and eat it too type thing. But there's always going to be tradeoffs and there are ways to get marginally ahead for sure. There are technologies that are good, not Luddites here, um, but there are, it's important to be skeptical of uh, new technologies for sure.
1: Okay, before we wrap up, let's just do a quick way to, that our listeners can apply this in their own life.
0: Definitely. So, if I were to comment on it, it would be perhaps inhibiting their direct experience or their, you know, explorations of that topic. But, you know, some personal ideas or personal stories of just how I've done that, maybe maybe that's helpful, is, uh, you know, when, so both of us were in the military, both of us went on deployments, that was a surefire recipe for direct experience in the real world. And when I came home, there was this general consensus about what you did when you came home in terms of like reintegration and things like that and I generally just didn't listen to anything and uh, went off and did my own thing and surprise, it was completely fine I just knew I needed some just alone time by myself uh out doing some travels going around and yeah everybody thought it was a bad idea thought I shouldn't be by myself but big surprise that was exactly what I needed
1: um I love that yeah Okay, all right. That's it. We're and we're right under fifteen minutes. We want to keep these first um, ten episodes of the Mission Daily podcast a little bit shorter, and then as we go on in the future, they're going to be much deeper dives into these topics uh, with interviews and bringing other people on and uh, dives into books and all that stuff. But we just wanted to get these first ten principles of accelerated learning to you. So, coming up next, next episode on the Mission Daily, we have creativity and how you can supercharge it. Love it. Stay tuned. Thanks so much.
0: Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.